Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What's up, y'all? It's Russ Parr, and welcome to the Russ Parrcast. Well, today we're going to be talking to my buddy. His name is Roland S. Martin. You've seen him on everything. And, of course, uh, he wrote a book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. So let's get it started, y'all. On the phone line right now, his name is Roland Martin. And listen, there's so many things I can say about him. And most of it would be stuff that was uh, sent to me on his bio. You know, the glowing shit. But um, (laughs) I'm not going to say all these things because, you know, I happen to admire this brother and his mind. And whenever I see him on TV, I just know that we're going to get the straight truth. And it's going to be done so eloquently. So first of all, I just want to say, what's up, brother? How you doing? Man, all good. How's the golf game? Hey, it's not bad. I actually went out and played to Donnie Simpson the other day, right? And you know who's playing okay. behind me? You know who's playing behind me? Who? President Barack Obama. Oh, really? Can you believe that? Well, it, you know, Obama, he, for eight years, he kept saying we were going to play golf, but he never called a brother. Yeah. So, and he a fellow lefty, so, you know, all right. uh, I'm still waiting to see what his game is like because, uh, you know, I'm always ready. He's not bad. Um, because I was he was a hole behind us. I was playing with Buck Williams. I'm not sh- sure if you know who Buck is. He's a former NBA yep, player. I do. And uh, yep. uh, when they were on an opposite uh, fairway, Buck hits this long shot right into the president. And he, we're riding <laughs> on the same cart. So I we drive over, and Buck says, "Man, Russ had that errant shot over here. I'm he's he's a I'm, what? what? <laughs> and about, I, 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 I see you guys are trying to hit me. And I'm like, no, it, it was. No, nah, what, nah, what you're really trying to say is y'all need to speed up. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was pretty amazing, man. Uh, but, you know, it, it's I kind of felt bad for him. You know why? It's like they had security riding right directly behind us. One hole behind. I mean, when you make that choice to be president of the United States, this is what you have to live with the rest of your life. Well, anyway, enough about my my feeling bad for the president have to work with security guards the rest of his life. But uh, it's all love. <laughs> and listen, um, I have not read the book. I'm I'm going to read it this weekend. And I thought, you know, I'm going to interview him anyway because I always like to interview an author of a book so you can tell me why it's so important for me to read it. And I'm, I'm I'm kind of excited. The title got me: "White Fear: How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds." Let's start with the title. What made you write the book? Well, actually, this has been something that I've been discussing for 13 years, literally, uh-huh. uh, dating back to 2009. You mentioned President Barack Obama. There was a study that was it was a poll that was taken that was asked. It was in 2009, uh, and it dropped right before his inauguration. It said. Are you optimistic about the future of America for your children? Every group, a majority said yes. Black, Hispanic, Asian, only one group less than the majority, white Americans. Hmm. September 2016, question was asked, are you optimistic about the future of America economically for the next 10 years? Black people, lowest wealth, highest optimism. Latinos, second lowest wealth, second highest optimism. White Americans. Highest wealth, lowest optimism. And I think what you're seeing, and so, you know, you know, Kathy Hughes has this phrase, that you got to be deeper than mustard on a hot dog, which means that you got to ask that next question and the next question and the next question. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're talking about here. 
Mm-hmm. And j- just what's happening right now, all these white folks angry about Halle Bailey being Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. When you look at, the, they're mad because the, the new the Game of Thrones um, sequel, it got black characters. The real deal is they cannot tolerate nor handle the fact that we're no longer an all-white country. Right. They don't get to set the standards. They don't get to control how we are seen and looked. And so everything that you're seeing with January 6th, with MAGA and these Republicans, mm-hmm. it, it really is it's about appealing to white nationalism, white ideology, because they do not want this nation becoming a nation of majority people of color. But the problem is here. Their white birth rates have been dropping. They can't do anything about it. By 2043, a majority of America is going to be black, Latino, Asian, not white American. Oh. And they cannot handle it. Well, you know, Roland, it's, it's that entitlement thing because America started off as a brown nation. And what's amazing to me is like, you know, just like what's going on right now where they're taking immigrants and then shipping them to, quote unquote, blue states. Um, people are forgetting the fact that you're an immigrant. You, your family came from somewhere to be in this melting pot called America. And, and that's what I understand is that why is this your land and why do you feel entitled to it? And why is it that we can't stay here? Well, because here's the deal. You said America started as a nation of brown people. Not true. Mm -hmm. The land that America is was occupied by Native Americans. Mm-hmm. When they created the United States of America, that was for white folks. Gotcha. Now, there's a movie called uh, the movie called The Good Shepherd, mm-hmm. and there's this great scene between Joe Pesci and Matt Damon, mm-hmm. and it's a perfect. I mean, it's about a 45 second scene mm-hmm. that explains my book and the history of America. So Joe Pesci is playing a mobster, mm-hmm. and uh, so he goes, uh, you know, we Italians, we've got uh, the family, the Irish, you know, they've got the church. He, he, he says, you know, he, even he uses the N-word to describe us. He says they have their music. He said, what do you people have? And he was talking about white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And Matt Damon, without missing a beat, says, we have the United States of America. Mm. The, rest of, the rest of you are just this. Mm. And that right there, bruh, that scene right there, wow. the moment I saw that, I, Russ, I, I use that clip in many of my speeches mm-hmm. because that scene right there, that is their view. Their whole deal is, this ours. Right. We, we, built, we created this, and so therefore, y'all just visiting. And so that's why this whole the Great Replacement Theory and the anger they have against, um, you know, uh, uh, migrants and people coming to the country, it is because for them, mm-hmm. it's ours. Right. Not, we, we run this. And so they're holding this. We run television. We run movies. We run Wall Street. We run politics. And so what's angering them is they, they, they now have to deal with this whole different view that's happening. They can't handle the fact that we're voting. Remember, when Donald, what was January 6th really about? Donald Trump protested the election results in four American cities. Atlanta, Detroit, Oops. Philadelphia, okay. and Milwaukee. What do those four cities have in common? Pretty black. Majority black cities. <laughs> yes. And that's it. So it is. And then he protested the results in Arizona. What was that? Latino, Native American. And so what you have here, and ever since then, what you have is is this this ode to whiteness. 
and and everything is about so the tax on critical race theory, mm-hmm. the tax on multiculturalism and diversity. What they are sitting here going, it's like, oh my God, we're losing our way because we're losing jobs, losing money. No, you're losing power. Why were they angry at Colin Kaepernick? Because what they don't like is they 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 were raised to think America, uh, the red, the flag, the right. red, white, and the blue, and apple pie. And we were like, hold up, now, nah. yeah. we, 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 soldiers came back from World War One, World War Two, mm-hmm. from Vietnam and Korea. Uh, and they couldn't even get jobs, but they fought for that same flag. And mm-hmm. that's the deal. Their view of America ain't our view because of, because of depression. But here's the other deal, Russ, and this mm-hmm. is the most important thing. What do they really fear? They fear we going to do to them what they did to us. Oh, watch out. Hold on with, with that thought right there. Roland, I want you to literally wrote it. Uh-huh. Okay. I want you to hold on one second because uh, we're talking to, to uh, Roland Martin. Of course, uh, Roland has a, a, a new book out. And it's available right now. You guys can get it. White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Mind. Stay right there, y'all. We'll be right back. Roland S. Martin's got a new book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Uh, First of all, it's like through generational wealth uh, on the backs of slaves. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting because I have seen... Some groups, some of these, you know, subversive right wing groups that won't admit that they don't want slavery, which, you know, is mind blowing to me in this day and age that they actually thought, you know, slaves were so much better off because they had a place to stay and they could eat. Um, But a lot of these white folks, not all, uh, lost their way when they lost their generational wealth and they see it all slipping away because money is power. Do you address that, or that is not significant? Yeah. Well, 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 first of all, remember, they didn't lose their generational wealth. They never had it. Mm. They Look, Explain we've that. Had broke, Explain that. We've had broke white people forever. Mm-hmm. Understand. And this is the thing that broke white people don't understand. The quality of life of broke white people has always improved when black people fought for civil rights. Mm. Here's the deal. Go back and listen to Dr. King's speech and the march from Selma to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. He talked about it in his speech. White folks who in the South went after slavery, after the Civil War, the black people began to go into the legislature. We began to pass laws. Their lives began to improve because when we changed the laws, their, law, their lives improved. Remember, the, the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act, the Fair Housing Act, that doesn't improve our lives. It improved their lives. And so the reality is when we were fighting for, uh, the, for resources for the poor, uh, for housing, that helped broke white people. But see, broke white people have one, one something that we don't have. They white. Mm. So they have been voting based upon whiteness. And, that's, and guess what? King talked about it when he said that the bourbon class, which is, which is really the plantation owners, they said, hold up. We can't have these broke white people and mm. get together with these, these free slaves. So that's what they begin to, King says it, use media to drive the wedge in between and now Jim Crow. So what we have to understand is it happens now. And so white folks have voted against their economic interests for forever mm. because they've been voting based upon whiteness. And so the, the thing right now is, right now, polling data shows that a significant number of white Americans, but especially Republicans, they believe that discrimination against white people is equal or greater than mm. that of African Americans. 
They believe that. Yeah. They hate. They hate all these things because they think we're losing. We're losing jobs. No, here's what it is. Y'all have been white people have been able to get their kids jobs, mm-hmm. call someone, but guess what? Their kids now have to compete, and because we're going to college, who black women are going to college at a faster rate than anybody else? Mm-hmm. We're opening businesses because what we're saying is is that we we what, what did King say? Be true to what you put on paper, and mm-hmm. we have always forced America to be true to what they what they put on paper, and so this fear is we're losing our way, but it really means losing whiteness. So they don't mind when we're dancing for them, singing for them, mm-hmm. but they got a problem when we start owning the venue. We start <laughs> owning ourselves yeah. because we have always been, we've always been the show. They've always been the business. They don't like it when we are the business of show business. And that's in every, wow. every field. And so what I address is the historical reality of how we got here, but also what must happen next, which means white folks have got to be like a Jane Elliott or Tim Wise and challenging one another in their homes, in their churches, uh, in their families by saying, you're not going to sit here and make your racist comments. You're not going to sit here and make those, uh, 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 those, um, uh, uh, those assumptions and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I also call on black folks to prepare ourselves and fortify ourselves which is why we must have the same fervor about education as free slaves did. We must be sitting here understanding black economic wealth. You want to buy my book? Mm. You don't have to buy it from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Go to a black bookstore and order it through them. That's how you circulate the dollars. But what we cannot do is sit back and chill because 2043 is simply 21 years away. And that's when we're supposed to hit the coming nation majority of people of color. We position to take that and not be where we are today. Part of the issue, I believe, is that Trump has his career has been about being a victim and they have capitalized on being victims. Um, You know, this this ain't right. And this is why this is, you know, we're banning books. We are are trying to suppress the vote. All these things is part of a a diabolical mechanism to basically before Trump. Oh, absolutely, Trump. absolutely. I'm just saying he remember, won. He won the presidency of being a, a freaking victim. What he did, see, what he did was he un, he unleashed. Remember, the Confederate flag was 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 furled. I mean, after the Civil War, yeah. uh, they said don't bring the flag back out. But then it was unfurled by the white supremacists uh, in the South, beginning with the Southern Manifesto in 1948. So mm-hmm. what Trump did was he allowed it to unleash the racism, and so that's why it's flourishing because uh, he has no bottom. But remember, and this is what I lay out in the book, mm-hmm. in the history of America, every period of black success has been followed by white backlash because mm-hmm. of what you just said. Their whole deal is, is right. See, they love calling, saying we play the victim. No, no, no. They have played the greatest victims in American history because it's always been, oh, my God, things are going to get bad for us. We're going to lose our jobs. If you track Reconstruction mm-hmm. period after the Civil War, you track the period of Jim Control. Why was Tulsa burned down? It was jealousy over black economics. Yes. That's Julian Malvo lays out that most lynchings were a result of white folks being jealous yes. that he we sitting oppressing them and they still out here making money. Mm-hmm. The civil rights movement. It, it was like, oh my God, you know, we're, we're losing something. And so that that grip and see the thing about it, they think it's white conservatives. It's white liberals too. Right. Because it's white. It, look, I've been criticizing the Democratic Party. That who controls the money when it's political campaigns? White political consultants. Mm-hmm. And so they and so again, this is about power. This is about money. This mm-hmm. is about ideology. 
And what drives them crazy is that a Russ Park can now talk to his public on the radio. Mm. It used to be we couldn't be on the radio. Now all of a sudden, I can own my digital show. I can I can make money direct. Right. And so what's driving them crazy is that we no longer are subservient, and now they now have to reckon with that. Mm-hmm. And man, it's making them uncomfortable because the America that they knew ain't the America we're going to be. Uh, Roland, uh, hold on one second. We're going to take another quick break uh, because <laughs> this is excellent. And then I, and I'll let you go, man. But just stay right there. We'll be right back. We're talking to Roland Martin. Of course, he has a new book, White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. And we've established the fact that, uh, yes, they have good reason <laughs> to be worried. 2043, they will be considered the minority in, in, in these United States. I, I wonder if you tackle the situation that's driving a lot of some of these, you know, pretty conservative thinking white folks crazy is interracial relationships, interracial offspring. I mean, because you have to look at it, man. It's like in my own family. I mean, I've got, uh, I have interracial grandkids. I mean, it is like, it is what what we're doing. It's it, That's what America is. It's a, it's a blending. Now, you know, you can go back to slavery and say, hey, listen, you know, this has been going on for a long time, but it's more prominent now. How does that play into their fears? Oh, well, again, I, I, I did touch upon it. I didn't go deep on it, but it plays a, it plays a part because, uh, again, you're not going backwards. Uh, you're seeing every year an increase in the number of, um, of interracial relationships. The reality is, and remember, this was always the fear. The fear of white men was, oh, my God, they're going to be sleeping with our women. Well, your women were also sleeping with us. And so what you're now seeing, because of the Fair Housing Act of 1968, you're now seeing African-Americans and Latinos and Asians Mm -hmm. now living near each other. But the other thing is they're working with each other. Uh, They're in school with each other. other, And guess what? When you are around somebody, you get to know them. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to fall in love. And that's what this thing is all about. So that's what's messing them up. And so, again, what you're seeing, you know, their notion of white supremacy is getting screwed up because you now have for each generation they are embracing embracing the changing america uh and so for a lot of for a lot of these white folks it's driving them crazy and see we make the mistake people are like oh well these people are going to be dying out but now remember they have children and grandchildren there's a woman named linda Torado. she's a journalist mm-hmm. uh and um she was tweeting this one night and i hit her on the dms because she was blown away so her parents had her daughter over there and her, uh, they were, her daughter had taken a bath and um, her parents had said something to the effect of, oh, we don't have to clean the tub out because it's only those dirty uh, black and brown kids who leave that dirt ring around the tub. Mm. Well, so Linda, Linda tweeted, she said she took her daughter, she said, I will never take my daughters back to my parents' house because they are not going, she said, I fight with my parents because they are not going to raise my child to be a racist. Mm. Well, you know, Dude, it, that's, so that's, hap- but that's see, happening. But you know, Martin, I, 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 I'm rolling. I'm sorry. Um, I think one of the big things that that we have to be cognizant of is that we don't want to paint a big brush because 
there are some white folks that don't have this ideology. But then again, you're saying it's conservative, it's liberal. Um, it's white. See, see it's, here's the deal. I'm not, and this is the people that understand. I'm not saying everybody. But the data is, uh, is fundamentally clear. Mm-hmm. And that is in terms of, again, the fear. It now becomes, because again, I've been, you ask a lot of black people, mm-hmm. and they'll tell you mm, a lot of the racist stuff that's happened to them has come from white liberals. Mm-hmm. See, when we talk about when we talk about this fear, what it is is there's some people who believe that no, we shouldn't be the CEOs. They believe that we should just we you know we, we should only rise to a certain level. Uh, I can tell you right. Look, I remember interviewing um, Charles Dutton, mm-hmm. and he, and he called. He, that's what I he said so-called liberal Hollywood. Mm. He said, he said, Roland, don't get confused. And ever since then, that's what I've always used that phrase. He said, oh, don't get confused. He said, it's a lot of so-called liberals in Hollywood, he said, who have been advancing racist mentality for a very long time. Wow. And so, so, so the thing that we have to understand is that this, this issue of white fear is so deep and it's so deep because remember, white supremacy is so powerful that it even had white folks who you thought uh, were, you know, were open-minded, mm-hmm. still saying, making assumptions, thinking certain things. And so what we have to confront is not the just the overt racist, mm-hmm. the overt supremacists, but also the covert. Yes. The one who, wearing that suit and tie and, and says Black Lives Matter, you know. It's, it's, it, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, where's the suit and tie? Is Black Lives Matter, but then... Okay, how many black businesses do y'all have contracts with? Mm-hmm. Oh, what are your? Oh, you don't have no. You don't have any blacks on your board of directors. You no black CEOs. Oh, you don't have any African Americans who will ever become in this line and become CEO. Oh, you see when you start. That's why I'm keep saying we mm-hmm. got to ask the second and third and fourth and fifth question that's because it. when you say are you committed to this changing America, mm-hmm. it, it must be truly be in your actions. And don't just tell me, well, I gave it to the United Negro College Fund or I gave it to the NAACP. No, 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 no. It's not good enough. And that's why I'm saying that the challenge, we need white folks of conscience, mm. more of them to be in those circles with their folks, challenging them on how they think and how they perceive things. Because guess what? We're not going to be, they're not going to share with us their thoughts. I just, Doc, I black girl, Louisiana, in a pageant. She wears a her she wears her afro. Mm. One of the judges writes on the sheet, dressed well, needs to slow down, needs to finish her hair. <laughs> I interview I interview her and her parents on Roller Mark Unfiltered, and she says, I've been in pageants for four years. When I was wearing my hair straight, I was when I was placing. Mm. Since I started wearing my hair natural, I haven't placed in one pageant. Mm. Wow! So you see, that's one of the that's one of those things that we don't know who if that person is liberal or conservative. We don't know if, but well, here's what we do know: he was a white judge who wrote her hair wasn't finished. Mm. Unbelievable! White fear. Yeah, there are people hiring. You can't wear dread. Yep. Ooh, oh, absolutely. See, see, that's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I 
I got to ask you, and this is uh, my final question for you. Will white people yep. buy this book? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I had a white, no, I had a white woman, man, who, who she, she has posted about 10 times on Instagram. And she was underlining, highlighting. She said, nice. I need all of y'all to buy this book. She said, because this is somebody who's finally being unfiltered in saying what is going on. And she said, we have to address it. And she said, I'm in Florida. She said, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for writing this. I've had white folks who read the book on Audible leave comments as well. So absolutely. But here's the piece. Mm -hmm. White folks can't be fearful of buying a book about white fear because if because I've had some even some television show, bookers don't want to book me. And they're simply exhibiting exactly what my book is all about. Exactly. Roland Martin, you know, you got you can always get a book in here, man, because, you know, I admire you. And, of course, uh, I think I cannot wait to sit down and get a cigar and read this book. White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Uh, you can get it anywhere, right? Yes, sir. Get it anywhere. But, again, you want to support black bookstores, order it through them. But Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, everywhere. And you can download it on Audible. Roland S. Martin, man. I'll see you on the links. Appreciate it, Russ. Thanks a lot. All right, bro. Take care. All right, there it is. Roland Martin. Man, I can't wait to read that book. Yeah, and hopefully you guys will check it out yourself. You've been listening to the Russ Podcast. Make sure you leave your comments and let us know what you think of the show. And we'll be back next week with another very exciting show. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it.